Hello, hello, and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We are going to talk all things mental health, relationships, work-life balance, all the things, all the realness, all the sauciness. We're going to get nitty, we're going to get gritty. And I'm super honored that you are here and you are coming with me on this journey because that's what the journey of life is, right? It's a process and we're never at the finish line. So super stoked to have you and let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. So today I have an incredible, incredible woman with me sitting down. Her name is Aubrey. We met on Clubhouse. I feel like it's a pattern with the, with the other interviews that I've had that we met on Clubhouse, but honestly, it's an incredible app. And she is just a light and her story is really, truly inspiring. Aubrey, please introduce yourself. Like, tell me all the things. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so grateful to be here with you Friday morning, winding down the week. Danielle, it's amazing. Um, I just feel very blessed to have met so many amazing people on Clubhouse, including yourself. Um, For those who are listening, my name is Aubrey Nichols. I'm a writer, a self-proclaimed self-love advocate, which means many things. I try to touch hearts with my words, which means I sort of walk, talk the talk and walk the walk of living a self-love life and, um, but serve it up with like all the realness Mm -hmm. and a few F-bombs as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. A few F-bombs is always good. (laughs) So I, I know you shared your story before and how you'd like come from the, the dark and found some type of light. So kind of go through that a little bit. Like how did you, what kind of go through your story a little bit? Well, I can just take you back to the very beginning, the very tippity tippity top, um, which actually was probably the bitty bitty bottom, (laughs) which was in the bathroom, um, my kindergarten bathroom when I was six years old. And, um, I was at school, I had Jordache jeans on and I, for some reason, I went into the bathroom, I looked down at my thighs and I thought they were just too big. And, um, although that is a horrible idea in itself, it really quieted the voices that had been in my head, even at that very young age that were whispering in the back of my ear saying, you're not good enough. You're too fat. You could do better. You know, don't be like that. Don't act like that. Don't laugh like that. There was just so much chatter, internal chatter. Um, now I know that that's my, the voice of my inner mean girl, but um, at that young age, I didn't know. So um, really the conversation around um, my body being right or wrong, what to put in my mouth and what not to put in my mouth really kept me company all the way. I mean, honestly, until today, I'm, um, you know, I really danced with bulimia and anorexia um, and then shifted gears for a while and had, you know, struggled with drug and alcohol addiction and then all the unavailable men, I mean, well into my thirties and at 35, I mean, just a lifetime of void filling, a lifetime of filling my insides with the outsides. And at 35, I, I had sort of, I was in New York city, like had this semblance of a life that I'd pulled together, but really like spending 
more than half my rent on my blonde balayage highlights and my anthropology wardrobe, just really still, still very much a fraud and trying to project what I wanted other people to think of me, which was mm. like, that I had it all together. But in fact, I didn't. And I walked down the aisle to this man, a handsome, generous Jewish man that I always want to marry. And I thought that he could love me for, for me. So I, I thought that as a wife, I would finally be enough. Mm. Um, and three years into that marriage, I realized I was wrong. Um, I was honestly like 20 pounds thinner than I am now, the most miserable version of myself, just a shell of a human being. And it was only until I walked into an Equinox dance studio and just decided, oh my God, I can't do my normal seven miles on the treadmill routine today. I just can't. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted of trying to do everything, make this man love me, you know, keep up all the appearances. And then I walked into a dance class and I had a hat that I always wore and I got into the back right-hand corner of the dance studio, pulled the hat down low. And then I heard Rachel Platten's fight song. Mm -hmm. This is my fight song. Mm -hmm. I took back my life song song. and I just started dancing and crying all at the same time. And I haven't stopped dancing since. And that was really the beginning of the end of my marriage. But that was the beginning of the ultimate love story, which is, I believe, is the one that we have with ourselves. Um, So from, you know, I was able to really reinvent myself from the inside out. Um, And that was six years ago. In fact, two years, two days ago was my anniversary of my marriage. And that was six years ago. And I'm literally a different person, like on a cellular level um, today. So no, I, no, I just of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I appreciate you like sharing all that. And I feel like, I feel like it's still a process. No, like, I mean, and I think that it's a pattern. There's a pattern when it comes to, you know, any type of relationship, I think self-love is, is, is always first and it's work. It's not, it's never ending. Mm-hmm. So I guess what kind of tips could you give to a woman that's listening that was in your position yeah. and like, you know, what kind of tips can you give her to start at least doing those steps? Yeah. Well, I mean, I could just tell you, like, if you're even in the inquiry or wondering you're on the right path, um, it's not an overnight fix. Like I like to say, Beyonce wasn't built in a day. I mean, this is really a lifelong journey of being in the discovery being, there is no destination really with this like self-love and this personal development, but, and it doesn't start out with self-love at all. It starts mm-hmm. out with self-acceptance. I mean, there's simple things that you can do call them simple. But the first thing you must know is that the programs, the voice of your inner critic, like the voices that were whispering from a very young age that I was not good enough, that I had to do better, that I was fat, that I was ugly, that I wasn't worthy unless I was blank. Those are programs Mm -hmm. that kept me in a trance um, of self-loathing. 
And those programs were not chosen by me. They were passed down from generations of generations from my parents. We take them as young children. We try them on and we believe that they're fact. And then we run them in the background of our brain as if they were true. And the thing is, is we are not our thoughts. Mm. Um, And they say, if you want to see what somebody's been thinking, take a look at their life. But we very much, our thoughts dictate everything. The thoughts create our emotions, create our behaviors and actions, which create our life. So if you would have looked at my life at 38, I very much created a life based on I am not good enough unless I am perfect, skinny, blonde, proving myself, running around trying to make you like me. And um, so the tools that you, the tools that are really imperative in the very beginning of this journey is to separate yourself from the thoughts. So sitting in silence with meditation or using an app like Insight Timer, Headspace, anything that you can do to sort of sit and watch the thoughts and say, oh, I'm here witness as the witness. My thoughts are out here. I am not those thoughts and just watch them come and watch them go. Another thing that's really powerful and still is for me is um, pen to page journaling. So Mm -hmm. dream of consciousness, no judgment, take out a pen, take out this journal, just write, write, write. I mean, I like, this is what I do. If you're, if you guys are listening, I just have a bunch of scribble scrabble. I wake up in the morning, jot, 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 jot. Right there is case in point that I am not my thoughts. My thoughts are very much separate from me. Um, And so what you always, I think what you want to do is really be the witness of the chatter that Mm -hmm. is inside your head and very much remind yourself over and over again. And this is definitely a practice that you are not your thoughts. Now, how did like, after you write all this down, just like you're just scribble, scrabble, whatever. Yeah. After that last sentence that you write, how do you feel? Like what? Mm-hmm. Well, so I actually do a version. So the the stream of consciousness morning pages are based on Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way. Okay. And so, so I do the stream of consciousness writing three pages. Don't pick up your pen, no judgment. But I've put a little twist on it. So after... Um, my stream of consciousness, blah, 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 which is what it really is. I set my intentions for the day in the present tense. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like turning to a page and I say, you know, my goals, I say deal, relationship, fully expressed. I say, I have a hundred thousand in investments by the end of the year. I have less than 20% debt to credit ratio. I say, I am resourceful. Today, I am fully expressed. I have another one. I am beautiful. I am confident. I am focused today. I am grounded. I am creative. Um, so, oh, I take risks. So how do I feel? I feel pretty awesome. Right. Because mm-hmm. I, I tell the universe how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to navigate the day. And there there's the kinesthetic, like the action of actually handwriting, um, pen to page, which tells your brain that it's, it it is so, and I don't know when I write stuff down, it gets done. I don't know how it does. 
No, I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I think, I think for, even for like beginners, I think that was super, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk. Cause like you're, you're an incredible writer. Like you, 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 you're a writer for the New York times, Vogue, LA magazine, this recent article. Can we just mm-hmm. talk about this? Yeah. It, it's amazing. And like, how, how did you feel? Cause it's a, like, it's officially there, right? Like it's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Sunday it's coming out in print. So I okay, think okay. that would be like a little bit of a second party. Okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. We could have two parties, but like, what, what, like, how do you feel? So this is big. Yeah. As a writer, well, first of all, I manifested it. I, okay. I put it, my New York Times byline on my Instagram even before I got a guess. And I've been working on, I have another story coming out. Then this one first feature is on a clubhouse singer, songwriter, and founder of Lullaby Club called Axel Mansour. And um, for me, it was the idea to write the story was really born out of listening to the Lullaby Club every day, thinking this is an amazing thing that's happening. I feel more connected. I feel relaxed. I almost, if I close my eyes, I almost feel like I'm in a loungy, bougie like music venue mm-hmm. and it's in the middle of a pandemic. And it also allowed me to really get to a heart space. Um, like, and so I just thought, wow, I really want to cover this and talk about it. So I interviewed Axel um, and, you know, put, put, put the pitch together for my editor at the New York times. He said, yes, this is super timely. Let's do it. Um, the editing process for me was a little insane. He cut, probably half the words down that I wanted to speak about Axel, but it happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think the most amazing thing for me is that you guys just heard my story. I have really focused a lot of my energies on the outsides, meaning what I talk about. I mean, what I look like and what other people think of what I look like. Right. And my hair and Botox and clothes (laughs) and all of those things. And I'll tell you what, my little name underneath the title of the New York Times style feature on Axel is 12 letters. Mm -hmm. No picture of me, no icon of me, no body shot of me, Mm -hmm. nothing. and. It's really powerful because because Axel's life won't be the same after this. A hundred percent. That's what I think is so amazing and almost like mind blowing that and, and also with Clubhouse, like I'm finding so much power in the, my voice and the words that are coming out of my voice and, and like from my heart but no one can see me. Like I'm going to have my mouth guard in. I'm in my PJs. My hair's all. Sometimes, all... We're, in the, sometimes we're in the shower or the tub. Totally. <laughs> totally. And so I'm just, I'm finding this new, this newfound freedom in clubhouse and also writing. And it's more powerful than anything I ever could have imagined. That was going to be my next question. Like the app in general for business, for elevating your business is, is incredible if you take advantage of it. Yeah. We know that this article is going to like 
bless you up, like for sure. And Axel as well. He's never going to be the same. But like, what other things has like helped elevate your business with using the app? Yeah. So I think it also also takes a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. So I do have to, I have, I have a master's in organizational change. And the reason I say that is because I very much have studied the stages of group development. I understand sort of like the strength that I've started to feel because of clubhouse is um, it's like a sense of belonging. It's tribe, you know, I'm new to LA it's community. And so I very much started to feel strong and was, I would say abusing the app, like, I mean, using it way too much, but I was like, you know what? I need this sense of connection. I need this belonging. And so now I'm just having to uh, get more strategic about how I use the app, like maybe 20%. I'm maintaining relationships um, or building or maintaining relationships and getting that sense of connection and belonging. Um, And maybe it's like the other percent I'm being more strategic about like business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I haven't actually like honed in on a strategy, but that was very much present for me from the beginning. Like, because I'm not an introvert, but I also don't need I'm very much an extrovert, but I also don't need all those inputs. Mm-hmm. Like I need to make sure that I digest. I have like an, an, an adequate amount of digestion of what I'm taking in or reflection on, or else I start to feel like it's like the intellectual version of being constipated. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's like too much in and not enough out. And so like as a writer, it's like I need, you know, I need to read, read, read and then write, write, write. And then I need to read, 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 write, write, write. Or like, you know, talk to my friends about what we talked about. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. very much a female thing, but it also is a very much a me thing. So when I find myself on Clubhouse and I know I'm not even answering the question, but getting really irritated with people, all that says to me is, Aubrey, you're overextending yourself. You want to set a boundary with Clubhouse and you're not. And so you're annoyed with other other people. Right. And that just need, means for me that I need to take a break off Clubhouse. Right. Like yesterday I wasn't on it all day and I was like, oh my God, this is really good. This felt good, right. And I think yeah. that, and even like, even if you don't have like the strategies for, for the business, I think you're, I think the way you're going about it is like, is, is the right way for sure. Uh, Danielle, hold on. I just had a dream last night that you just reminded me of. Oh, what? Cause I haven't, I need to fix my clubhouse bio. Cause it's not as like snazzy as it, I need it to be. Okay. And then it came to me last night, right before I was going to go to bed. And it was like, what it, things that will grab your attention. And then it was like all the places that I worked and all my clients. And then it will say, but the things that really matter. And then Ooh. it'll, yeah. And then because I wanted my, I wanted my bio to tell a story, but I got to jot that down. That's the, the, the good ideas usually come for me, at least when my brain is super relaxed, like mm-hmm. going to sleep, Same. meditation or waking up. And so, um, 
I just always want to capture those ideas. So hold on, I'm going to write that down. Do that. Do that. No, I, I'm with you on that. Especially like I find when I'm actually have, like when I actually have a day off from my full-time job, Yeah, that, that is the time that I can just like sit in my thoughts and, and that's where my creative like juices flow. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. As you're writing that down. Yeah, I know. I can do two things. At once. <laughs> um, I want to like, like pump you up a little bit and share and like every which way that people can, you know, uh, contact you or like, you know, look for you. Cause I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. So share away. How can oh, I- okay. So listen, I call my Instagram, the super Walmart of Aubrey Nichols, because <laughs> there you can find like tons of content on my story. Um, and my website, which has my consulting links and case studies, which also has um, all the links to my articles and just my contact info. But um, that's at A-U-B-R-E-E dot Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S. So that's um, my Instagram at Aubrey dot Nichols. And then in Clubhouse, I think I'm at Aubrey Nichols. Yeah. So those, I mean, from there, if you're listening, just DM me and say, Hey, cause I'd love to connect. (laughs) I was literally just going to say like, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please, please tag the two of us, share it on your um, social media because we will send you DMS. We will send you some love, but Aubrey, you know how much I love you and appreciate it. And I really, really just appreciate this one-on-one time. And I need to get down to LA. I really do. You do. You need to come. And I mean, because I do too. I really appreciate this one-on-one time. We haven't had it and I'm so glad we're having it. And I'm so glad that, but we also need to have it off the record. Like not being recorded. Yeah. I feel like we need to do like, um, an influencers on mental health zoom call maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. But I love you and I will talk to you soon.